You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. All right, everybody, no time to waste. It is 11.05, and we have a hard out at midnight because one of us has a normal job. My name is Jordan Lowe. I'm Cliff Barnes. Oh, we're all business, but uh, we got a guest here tonight. He's back, people. We're going for the trifecta. It's Jesse Starcher. Three episodes in a row. This is going to be a blast, guys. Thanks for having me back. Sure thing. The last two episodes, we've just done some fun normal abnormal things the fun's over fun's, fun's over. over back to business back, back to, to business, business. <laughs> i don't think i've had a chance to sit down on a regular that should show be our that. freaking slogan the fun's <laughs> over back to business to b2b right on the back oh my god so jesse joins us from the source material podcast on the rattlich and broadcasting network We'll give you all the info. A lot of things happening over the there. End. Stay tuned to Jesse. Yeah. So he does like t- 10, 12, Too many. 150 shows a week. Too many. <laughs> all right. Let's just get right into it. Let's talk some movies. Save Martha. Puny God. I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. I'm Batman. Kneel before the sun. Under roof. Set it yourself, bitch. We're the guardians of the galaxy. So what's it gonna be, huh? Long, sullen silence? Or mean comment? Go on. You got me in a box here. <laughs> Alright, I just wanted to remind everybody I'm counting down my top 100 on our page every day I put out. It's a chore, let me tell you. <laughs> it's like I get ready to go to sleep in the morning. I work by nights, I come home and I'm like, oh my gosh, I still gotta post whatever the movie is. <laughs> Anyway, that's the behind the scenes. Yes, it feels like it's taken your whole life for me to get through this top 100 and mine too. So it feels like it's flying by to me, actually. Oh, really? I'm shocked how, no how effort long whatsoever, ago, yeah. how long, how far yeah. into it we have. We were really are. far. Uh, I think I posted my uh, number 28 as of today, um, and. I don't even remember where we left off on the list. I just know that I've exhausted all my Tom Cruise wears a mask movies. <laughs> <laughs> I think I may have had six in my top 100. So uh, I may have a, a thing, a, you know, a quirk. I like. <laughs> but I don't know. It seems like as I look at it, it's a lot of guy movies, which I'm a guy. So, you know, I'm not going to go down the list. Check out our page. Like I said, we got... Four weeks left of this. It's four more weeks, but we're getting the cream of the crop, yeah. or at least mine. I mean, I look at what's left and I think, yeah, it's just special ones to me. They're not any better than any of the other ones. They're just ones that I connect with a little bit more. Maybe are there too. are there any left on your list you think will knock us for a loop that will we would never believe would be on your list? Never believe, no. We're like, wow, I can't believe it. What a left field pick. No, I think you'll be something like, "Oh my gosh, are you kidding me?" Maybe, but not you. You will be like, "Yeah, of course he put that on there, right?" Uh, that's more like it. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, check it out. Facebook, where it happens. Yeah, um, you guys 
Pictures, videos, yeah, everything. Yeah. Bullet got, points tonight. <laughs> we got slogans up the yin yang. We're going to two times speed. Jesse's here. Facebook. Speaking of the funs that over. Was bravo, word out. Speaking of the funs uh, over. Yeah, Cliff and I went and saw a movie. Oh boy. Uh, yes, we did. Uh, if the, you want to call it a movie. The capper to the X Men franchise, Dark Phoenix. Ladies and gentlemen of NASA, this is Charles Xavier. Help is on the way. We're doing space missions now. Cool. We get the astronauts, we bring them home. Go. The heat signature's rising fast. We gotta get out of here. Where's Jean? Where is she? Jean! Dad. Did you hear what the kids are calling you? Phoenix. Hello, Jean. Who are you? The better question is, who are you? Something's happening to me. When I lose control, bad things happen. But it feels good. Yeah. She came out a couple weeks ago. We didn't uh, rush out there on opening weekend. Yeah, I don't know what we were thinking, not getting out there. Um, yeah, as we mentioned uh, a few weeks ago, Jordan's claim to fame. He has went and saw every X-Men movie in the theater. It's going to be in my obituary. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we went... <laughs> Sooner rather than later. <laughs> we went to our, our local theater here in Marriott, Ohio, and um, there were a few people there. It for, was pretty crowded for... yeah. Tuesday night, two weeks after the movie opened. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, um, so big thing. Yeah, we're talking Dark Phoenix. This is the directorial debut of Simon Kinberg, who also wrote the movie. Fun fact, he also wrote X-Men 3 The Last Stand, which oh, wow. was okay. the first time they tried to do Dark Phoenix mm. on the screen. Yeah. So... Just couldn't let that... <laughs> second time's a charm? Didn't, couldn't let that dog yeah, lay right there. Didn't really work the first time. That was kind of got the... You know, after X-Men 2, people loved. Yeah. And X-Men 3 was kind of a letdown for people. So brought him back, brought him full circle, mm. put him behind the camera. Yeah, the first thing I, I, I seem to like this movie a little more than you did. I think. I, I mean, it was it, it was fine, good enough, I suppose. Um, but the first thing I noticed, uh, and I didn't, I forgot to mention to you after we watched the movie, is there were like a million opening credits to this movie. Like it was Walt Disney Productions presents a. F- <laughs> 21st century Fox production uh, and there were like a million producers and like it just took forever getting started on this movie. Well because it, it was like delayed a year there were lots of reshoots so who, you know there's been a Disney buyout so yeah, yeah it could be lots of lots of cooks in the kitchen. <laughs> I was like is this thing ever going to get started? Yeah this was supposed to come out a while ago well before the Disney buyout um the Ty shared and the guy who plays Cyclops. He apparently revealed somewhere on I think it was a podcast. It wasn't ours, so I'm, I can't uh-huh. confirm which one it was. <laughs> but he said, which if you're if you're paying any attention at all, Jessica Chastain was cast as a character, and they just called her Smith because <laughs> it was they're trying to keep under wraps who she was supposed to be, mm. and there was speculation for anyone who cared, and it ended up not meaning anything. But 
apparently she was originally supposed to be a squirrel. Okay. Because I think that would have made probably more sense. Yeah, I but. think they <laughs> thought Fox had the F, you know, Fantastic yeah. Four license. Squirrels would go with them. They were going to use it. Things got delayed. A little movie called Captain Marvel came out. Mm-hmm. Had to do some reshoots and some rethinking of what was going on. So they also apparently had to reshoot the whole third act. It was supposed to be a big cosmic battle in space because you got the Phoenix Force. Her tearing through spaceships, blowing up scrolls. Yeah. And then Captain Marvel came out, like I said, uh, you know, stole their thunder a little bit. So they had to rethink and make it a little more small scale. Well, which I'd read the director said he wanted it he, he was in the very inspired by Logan he wanted it to be more human and not super giant cosmic he wanted it to be about one-on-one relationships and and you know the character development which I, I don't know if yeah. he quite hit yeah. that but. yeah before we go any further I'm just going to mention um, just in case you're really into X-Men movies we're probably at some point going to mention some spoilers in here too so um, you might I'll try to be vague yeah I'm probably going to miss some spoilers. So, for instance, um, you know, when they go up to save these astronauts in space, um, in, in the space shuttle, which I have to imagine, you know, takes, like, a lot of propulsion to get into space. Sure, propulsion. Um, yeah, we can just take our X-Jet now and uh, zip right up into space. No problem. No problem at all. And, uh, yeah, they, like, they had the Blackbird-looking jet yeah going on, yeah so. yeah i don't know why the astronauts didn't take a similar ship if <laughs> if, if it was just that easy i mean professor x is not sharing all his time <laughs> so yeah so um you know it's pretty you know gene gray becomes the phoenix gets the phoenix force whatever we know all that stuff it's right in the title um but yeah this is my problem like sitting there as the credits are starting to roll i was trying to think wait what was the last movie yeah. where did we leave off these characters it did not matter and i was having a hard time even remembering even if you did you were see i think we were better off not remembering because if you remembered and you try to put this timeline together these movies it does not work right, right. Mm. at all and i'm also bringing a lot to it as a comic book fan you know, when Scott and Gene have a loving look at each other, you know, I've got 40 years of X-Men reading to back that up, where these two characters were just introduced in the last movie and had maybe 10 minutes of screen time. Mm-hmm. So the movie's kind of filling in a lot of blanks. Yeah. That the If you just saw the movies, maybe you didn't have. I think you have to fill in the blanks yeah. for the movie in a lot of the situations. So, it, and it also, we never really get the Phoenix established for this to be the dark version of that character. Mm-hmm. Like, we just, she gets the power, oh, she's turning evil. So, yeah, so originally in the comics, doesn't Gene get the, the Phoenix Force in like the 1970s or something? Yeah, you guys just covered Dark Phoenix, did. didn't you? Yeah, she gets it. Oh, man, I know it's early in like issue 108, I want to say, or 101 to 108 was the Phoenix saga. Uh, then it's, uh, oh my goodness, I can't remember the issue numbers for uh, Dark Phoenix Saga. But yeah, she has the Phoenix powers for quite a while. She does fine with them. And then, and then it they start her. messing with her mind. Yeah, it starts corrupting her um, and her mental walls break down or whatever. She's powerful enough to keep this thing in check. And then it becomes the Dark Phoenix, which is, my goodness, when you read the comics, it's more of a force of nature than it is uh, a sentient, like, evil being. So it, a lot of that is conjecture as to whether it's her, you know, becoming evil and just not being able to handle what's going on. 
But either way, you know, shoving that all into one movie sounds like a, a yeah. undertaking and possibly a big mistake. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if I remember right, I think it was supposed to be originally two. To a two-part. It wasn't okay. Yeah, well, that I would think make that sense. was the original plan. It would make sense. But what they've done with these movies, at you know, at least the last few now, is they're kind of like each movie is set in a different decade. So if you remember, I think the last one was in the eighties. This one takes place in the nineties, and then you go to the original mm-hmm. X Men, which is around two thousand ish. So that's kind of what they're going with. But you know, if a lot of people mentioned um, last couple of weeks how. If this is 1992 and that original X-Men movie with Patrick Stewart and Sir Ian McKellen um, in in 2000, um, somehow Professor X and Magneto haven't aged at all um, in like three decades. <laughs> and, to, and then suddenly they're old men in the, in the first movie, so... Yeah, well, there's, they've changed the timeline, so anything can <laughs> yeah, happen. yeah. But yeah, there were things to like here. Um, they kind of complicated Professor X's relationship with the students, and like, mm-hmm. is everything which they've done in the comics a lot is everything he does. You know, he always thinks he's right and he's doing things for the right reason. This movie finally calls him out. Like, you know, you're messing with people's heads. You, you're we're not saying you, you might be in the wrong here a little bit. Maybe yeah. you shouldn't have done this. So I like that that they complicated that character. I thought the effects were good. This was some of the best use of the mutant powers I've seen on screen. You know, some, you know, Storm, her eyes go white and you see some wind blow her hair. But, like, she was throwing down lightning yeah. and there was some mm-hmm. cool stuff. So the effects were I good. Heard, I heard Nightcrawler had quite a interesting... Yes, Nightcrawler yeah. had a pretty sweet scene. The whole third act on the train, if you've seen any of the commercials or trailers, they've shown they're all on a train, which took the place of the space battle. And I thought it was exciting and, yeah. and it was really well done. So Yeah, it was good. I think... Making it smaller scale helped, and it let all the mutants have a moment to shine and show off their powers and stuff. But it just, I hate to be that guy where it's not as good as the book, but it just missed what the book, you know, the book, this was before characters died and came back. Like, this was, you know, killing off a character like Jean Grey, an original X-Man, one of the first five, was a huge moment in comics. And when it happened, it was seismic in the comic industry. So you want this movie to have that kind of feeling, and it just didn't. It didn't. It just didn't. But it also lacked any of the like gray area of the comics, where in the book, Lilandra and the Shi'ar and the the uh, the the, the uh, Imperial Guard, is that what mm-hmm, they're called? Mm-hmm. They need to destroy the Phoenix for the good of the universe. And like, I I know you like this girl; she's one of yours. But you know, the good of the many outweigh the good of the few. And there's a moral question there. In this one, Jessica Chastain's just a villain. Yeah. And she wants the Phoenix Force and is going to... This is Duh. my biggest spoiler. She, you know, if she gets the Phoenix Force, she's going to mess stuff up. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, we have to stop her. There's no gray area. So She doesn't commit planetary genocide in this movie. She commits... Okay, movie, that's fine. You movie star genocide. She kills a beloved movie star. I want to okay. talk about killing real quick. <laughs> In this movie. Oh, okay. man. Okay. Take your time. So let's say, <laughs> let's say Magneto, you know, attempts to kill Jean after she has the, she's gone all dark Phoenix. And he almost does it before she stops him. And then she, he's, he's, she's like, this is how you do it. And she proceeds to crush his helmet 
into his head, okay? Ooh. But then she stops just short I and crush breaks. You. I crush yes. you. <laughs> <laughs> to break apart the helmet. I'm crushing your head. Yes. Right now. I crush. And, <laughs> and takes the shards, the the pieces of metal from the helmet, and thrusts him, them into his chest to kill him. But it doesn't hurt. He's fine. He's fine. He's Magneto. (laughs) And I was like, come on on now. All right, then. But, uh, yeah, that uh, 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 Quicksilver, you know, I thought was going to be. Oh, yeah. You know, he was a a a bright spot in those uh, couple movies. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember going, man, this this is this is the way to do Quicksilver right here. And he does. He's in two scenes, makes two quick jokes. And that's it. That's what I heard. And um, the other thing was on the reshoots. I want to mention real quick. um, Let's just say old Professor X uh, suddenly got very muscular. (laughs) Um, which he, he wasn't that glass pre- pre-imposed glass. <laughs> yeah, and I was just, I was like, hmm, wow, it's looking mighty fit all of a sudden. So he'll, yeah, he'll even even after changing the ending to turn away from Captain Marvel, it still had some of those beats. There was a whole thing about emotions. Do your emotions make you weak? Do your emotions make you strong as a woman? Being told how to handle your emotions. Uh, Me Too movements, wokeness, that kind of ending. Had some elements of Captain Marvel, but it is on track to have the smallest domestic opening of any of the 12 X-Men and or Wolverine movies and expected to lose something like 100 million when all said. Everybody's just waiting for some Marvel, you know, X-Men. You know, that's my deal. Do you you want to see him in the movies or would you... Do you think it would be a yes. good idea? No, listen. Do you think it would be a good idea to take something like Marvel, um, Marvel's X Men, and put them on, do a series like on on Disney Plus where they can develop, <laughs> you know, these. X-Men You're always characters. looking for content. Well, the thing is, is that right. they, it's rare that you see them develop a property and then bring it to the theaters. And I do it. kind of feel like they are going to. Not just, I mean, they're going to take their time with this. They have it now. I think it's going to be a couple of years. They're slowly going to do something. Yeah, I, I don't think I you're going to see surprised. anything immediately. I wouldn't be surprised if they did something like that, like had some sort of show or introduced it into one of the Disney Plus yeah. shows before they got to the movie theater. But I want to see the movie. They're already talking about doing, uh, redoing the animated series. Have you guys seen the story? I did see that. Okay. That's pretty right. cool. So, I mean,. I don't know if that's Disney. Yeah. I, I assume yeah, that's yeah. Disney. So, I mean, yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah, so. I'm your baby tonight. I, I just wonder, though, because that's been the downfall of these X-Men movies is they haven't been able to develop, you know, individual characters very well, other than Wolverine, you know. Um, but, yeah, so I don't know. Well, I want to see him succeed, and I want to I want to see... You know, I, I loved the mutant books when I was a kid, and I, when X Men two thousand hit, I remember being just uh, flabbergasted that maybe we'll see this stuff on the screen. It's just gotten better for the Marvel Cinematic Universe since then, but it's really disheartening to see the X Men side of things just completely fall flat on its face, um, and. There's a lot of industry stuff behind all that too. I'm sure where Marvel's just like, oh, these are the you know, this is the black sheep of the family. We really don't want to promote these guys as yeah, much. It, it may not have been fair 
like you said, we all know X-Men are going to Disney and this is it mm-hmm. and there's no more and there's reshoots and trouble and recasting and Everything contracts. And it's like it's almost not fair to the movie. Like we don't we already know like well, let's just get this over with. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's mm-hmm. not yeah. great. And I mean, you look at New Mutants, that's the <laughs> other thing. Where the hell's that at? You know, it's it, it I don't even, people don't even know if that's going to show up now. Or it's going to be direct to video or whatever. Yeah, so uh, D- Disney Plus probably. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. They're they're really rethinking putting those Stark girls in these X Men movies. I think at this point. I hate to see that it did so bad, but I mean it's it is what it is. We're spoiled. Yeah, embarrassment of riches. Indeed. I forgot to give a shout out to my customer Christian, the same guy who quoted that Avengers Endgame had the best mo- mo- moment in movie history. He came in before I got to see Dark Phoenix, and he goes, I mean, it's not as bad as everyone's saying. And I was like, oh, mm. can I quote you again on yeah. the podcast? He's <laughs> yeah. like, feel free. See so. the guy that came up with Kapow, fun's over. <laughs> um, so, yeah, not as bad as everyone's saying. Put that on the poster. Yeah. So, you know, we, like I said, we are... We have all these riches that we I don't even didn't even go see this movie where years ago I wouldn't have missed it. Yeah. Um. So I saw you were watching some stuff with your son. Indeed. You were seeing some old movies. Well, maybe we didn't have all these choices. What have you guys been watching? Yeah. Caleb is now getting to an age where I think he can enjoy watching movies, which is great. He's nine years old, uh, and I've. As a father, you start to watch and see, okay, what kind of stuff does he like to watch? Is he like, is he into the comedy stuff? Is he into the action? And so I've been kind of throwing things out there. So we watched Dumb and Dumber, a classic from our, you know, from my uh, high school classic years. action franchise <laughs> comedy. And he, you know, this was shortly after we watched Liar Liar. Uh, so I was like, ah, he's a Jim Carrey fan. I could tell, you know. He's, yeah, he's Jim Carrey's guy. humor should age fairly. You know, yeah, a lot of yeah. physical humor. Yes, you know, that kind of slapstick stuff should shouldn't be dated. Yeah, he had a good time. I'm a Dumb and Dumber fan. Ah, I like that. All right. So he he's getting to a point where if he can, he will watch. Like I have, I never watched a sequel. Dumb, Dumb and Dumber. Dumber. Yeah. yeah. The, the, so. He, well, there's one in the middle there. Yeah, that, when Harry not real or that, whatever. I never saw that. Yeah. But. But he asked me, he goes, Dad, I want to watch the sequel. I said, well, okay, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, and so I figured, you know, he's going to wait on me. He's like, no, I want to go watch it now. All right. So I put it on in his room, and he watched it. And he's like, Dad, you got to, you know, he kept coming up. You got to see this. You got to watch this. <laughs> so I was like, all right. So he's enjoying himself. But either way, um, then we get into the action side of things. And last year, if you were following me on Facebook, you probably would have seen that we went through the whole Die Hard franchise. Yeah. All right. We had Caleb loved every single minute of it up until the fifth one, which he did not like. But uh, it was then recently made the decision to jump into some Keanu Reeves action-related material. It is the Keanu Sons right now. That's right. We moved past... The uh, Maconnaissance, and we're in the Keanuissance. <laughs> so we did The Matrix, which blew his mind. He had a great time watching that. And I told him, you know, there's a Matrix 2 called Matrix Reloaded. No, there isn't. You, you should have just stopped right there. <laughs> I don't there. think there is. I we, we did not watch it, but he wanted to. And I'm like, oh, man, I really don't know if you're going to get this one, buddy. But then uh, we watched John Wick. All right, now, I know, we're pushing the boundaries there. That's rated R for a nine-year-old. And I remember when I was a kid, you know, sitting down with my dad and watching, like, Predator and just 
Oh man, right. you Blowing know your mind. Exactly. Uh, and Caleb loved every minute of John Wick. So I said, son, I've never seen John Wick too. Yeah, I mean, what makes you feel more like a man at that age oh, than an R-rated man? Point blank headshot. <laughs> oh, freaking the gun foo was all over the place. <laughs> muy, muy macho. <laughs> <laughs> like Ricardo Matamata. So we, we, uh, we enjoyed uh, uh, John Wick 2 together. Uh, and, and then I was like, dude, you know there's a John Wick 3 out in theaters. And I flirted with the idea. Of taking him to go watch it, because uh, he handled it really well. He had a good time. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, we've been we've been enjoying ourselves here. Like finally getting into that age where I can kind of bond oh, with the golden years, man. I yeah, love dude. sharing these movies with my son. Uh, it's just like, and I've d- developed. He has this uh, the same taste as me. It's it like I love that he just he recommends movies that I've recommended to him. I was like, that's right. Yeah. I've trained him. This cool. is your chance. I love it. Hey, we have a big, uh, famous thing we do here on Kapow. I mean, it's talked about all over the place. Uh, where we it is known. In, we induct. It is known. We induct uh, famous artists into our Kapow canon with the only job they've ever done, and Jesse's brought us one to do today. So let's do it. One job forever? Look, I have one job on this lousy ship. It's stupid, but I'm gonna do it, okay? You tosser. You had one job to do. Alright, we sometimes struggle with this uh, segment because one of us will bring an idea or one of us, eh, I don't really. So, this is not neutral ground. None of us know the name that Jesse's going to say. It is. This is going to be interesting. So if it's terrible, we know who to blame. Right. Here's a problem. <laughs> but it's never terrible. There's so a problem already. Pressure is off. There, there is a problem because I want to make sure I'm worried that you guys have done this one already, and I've listened <laughs> oh, to every okay. show. So do you guys have the list just, just by chance? We'll know. All right. All right. So, I, I, but I have a backup just in case. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. So you guys have to choose. I'll also pitch in here the one job for. Tom Hanks. Uh, We—that's our only yep. stalemate. Oh, what? That's our only one. We never could come up with an answer. Yeah. We've done it. We, we've yeah, done we that did. one. And, okay. Yeah. Well, then, yeah. then okay. All right. So we're gonna... That's why you forgot because there was no definitive. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right then. So we're gonna run out of. The, we got. We're gonna go out of the realm of movies then. Oh, All right. We like now it. We're All right. All right. Now, depending upon the familiarity of everybody here. Uh, it might be a tough one. So you guys have to do one job for Stephen King. Oh, my gosh. I like this one. This is going to... Mm. Now, you guys you guys are usually... Novelist Stephen King? I'm not... <laughs> from what I understand, there are no bounds on the one job, correct? There are mm-hmm. comic books of Stephen King's work. There are TV shows of mm-hmm. Stephen King's work. Yeah. There's miniseries on TV miniseries. There's movies. Mm-hmm. There's like uh, what do you call them? books? Books. With words. Like, what no do you call them? Fiction. Books. <laughs> what do you call them? Books. That's my favorite thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Titles. I mean, I guess if we're going to get into somebody's adaptation of his work, I guess we probably couldn't say that that's 
Yeah, that's not technically. Not he doesn't. Technically he doesn't his. always have control over it. That's not technically his. So. But what, let's say you know when we say an actor, we say all versions of or all right. versions of that character. Right. So if your answer is Pet Cemetery, yeah, we're including you're talking the movie, about the book, the, the novel, movie. Yeah. I would say that. Like yeah. every iteration of the property. Is that fair? Is that past Poobah's muster? Love it. Hmm. He's already making I'm various already making a notes list over yeah. here. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll start out. Go right ahead. Talk about some. Talk about some you like. Okay. Well, don't don't start with your favorite. uh, Well, okay. Let's just. My you know my brother Justin's like at home slamming. He's like, I want to talk about this so bad. He's killing him. Member of the the one he was gonna bring. Member of the Stephen King Library since he was a senior in high school. Nice. Well, I can remember my chronological. Chronological order of his books. Okay. I'm just going to read down the list so you guys can refresh your killer memory. Killer dog, killer hotel, killer car, mm-hmm. killer shark, killer monkey. He did monkey shark. He did a killer shark. No, I don't um, <laughs> he did a killer shark. Do, 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 do. <laughs> There's a... Uh, oh. Baby, so like... Baby, so like... Oh, 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 the Shining, mm-hmm. Rage, Night Shift, The Stand, The Long Walk, The Dead Zone, Firestarter, Roadwork, Dance Macabre, Cujo, The Running Man, Dark Tower, The Gunslinger, and so on. Different Seasons, Christine, Cycle of the Werewolf, Pet Cemetery, Eyes of the Dragon. Oh my gosh, a million more. The Talisman, Thinner was the first one. I, no, Wizard. Well, Misery was the first one I ever read, and then Thinner. Um, let's see. Skeleton Crew. It. Uh, the Tommy Knocker is terrible. The Dark Half. Four Past Midnight. Um, Needful Things. Gerald's Game. Uh, Delor- Dolores Claiborne. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Uh, yeah. Carla Cogina. Carla Cogina. Uh, Nightmares and Dreamscapes. Insomnia. Rose Matter. The Green Mile. Desperation. The Regulators. is Richard Bachman. Uh, Bag of Bones, Girl Love Tom Gordon, Hearts in Atlantis, Storm of the Century, on writing, Dreamcatcher, Black House, the sequel to uh, Talisman. Everything's Eventual, From a Buick 8, more Dark, Dark Tower books, uh, Colorado Kid, Cell, Lizzie's Story, um, kind of skip around, Blaze, Doom Key, Just After Sunset, Under the Dome, Blockade Billy, Secretary of Dreams, Volume 2, I don't even know what that is. Full Dark, No Stars, Lover 2263, um, Joyland, Dark Man, Dr. Sleep, Mr. Mercedes, Revival, oh, Finders wow. Keepers, Bizarre Bad Dreams, End of Watch, Charlie the Choo Choo, uh, Six Scary Stories, The yeah, Outsider, Sleeping Beauties, Flight or Fright, Elevation, the Institute. I'm not sure if that's out yet, but. Bunch well, of stuff. Jesse, you brought this. You must have a affinity for the, the, yeah, the Stephen yeah. King. Yeah. I. Uh, What's your history with him? So, man, there's. I'm trying to remember one of my first readings of what he, uh, 
what book he, you know, can't remember which book it was. I there's kind of, kind of what we're doing. Here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I can't remember which came first. Uh, okay. okay, so the one that sticks out most in my memory is my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, had went to uh, I want to say it was a Salvation Army bookstore that may be wrong but it was down there on Wayne Street I believe and she picked up a book and I don't know if you guys have seen these books but they basically cut the cover in half and I assume it's not for resale or whatever but yeah those are the returns yeah. they mark them as unsold she hands me the Dark Tower book three which was um, Wastelands oh, Wastelands yes and so I'm re I'm it's book three yeah. And I'm, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so good. And I'm turning page. Are you going to tell me the end? After pa- huh? Are you going to say something about the ending to that book? Th- that okay. leaves you hanging? The last words, I believe, are let's begin. Yes. Oh my God. Blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> like I was literally going to tell that same story. Oh, dude. I remember reading it. I can remember like Sundays going with my dad, took us out to go camping and whatever. And I had that book with me. And I read it from front to end, and probably without, a, a, probably within a month or two. But it was the first ever time I sat down and read Stephen King, and really, really enjoyed myself. Uh, you had not read the first two, is that no, true? No, I went jumped into you know this is right. What we you know there there was oh I can't even remember the characters' names now, but I remember Eddie, Susanna. What was the boy's name? Um, Jake. Jake. Yeah, and and Charlie the Choo Choo. Yeah, Charlie the Choo Choo, right there at the end. So. I, I, okay. So I read that, uh, and I've got to get the first two books. Make I make a point of that. Go to go to the library and get the first two books and catch myself up. So there you go. That's my I think my first ever real exposure and enjoyment of Stephen King. Uh, but I end up getting a paperback of Nightmares and Dreamscapes, yeah. and there is a story in there I will never ever forget. It's called. Uh, oh, well, hey, I forgot the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> will never forget. No. The plot of which I'll never forget. I'll I believe it it's called The Scratching Finger. Okay. Um, so I don't know if you guys have read. I've read I've read that most for sure. Of them. Okay. Yeah. I All can't right. remember what you're talking about. The but. story, is, Nightmares and Dreamscapes is basically a anthology book. Right. I mean, there's a ton of different stories in there that are being told. Uh, so the... The, the premise is this guy hears a tap, tap, tap coming from his sink. And he goes over there and he starts to see a finger poking up out of the drain. And as the story goes on, this finger continues to grow longer and longer. Guys, just tons of knuckles until it's like going, oh, you know, all over the place. And, uh, uh, you know, he's trying to deal with the fact this is going on. He's got his wife there. He goes and buys a bunch of bleach and like hedge clippers to try and take this thing out greatest story I ever remember reading and I was like this is so awesome uh, and of course it was surrounded by a lot of other great stories so Nightmares and Dreamscapes that one is probably one of my favorite books by Stephen King just because of how much uh, how much content it has number one and how much enjoyment I got from it however uh, I can tell you my favorite and I still haven't finished the series is definitely Dark Tower Dark Tower not only did I recognize the great storytelling that was going on there, but the fact that you start to piece together that all of his universes, all of his books are tied together in that one series. Just little hints, 
Just little hints. There are there's an encyclopedia or uh, some kind of like uh, appendix or something. Compendium I can't remember. or something. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, that I remember seeing at the library. Like, oh hey, you want to learn about how all these tie into the Dark Tower? This is it. Uh, probably one of the greatest things I've ever seen. I'm a big crossover guy, so if you see, you know, creations coming together or crossing over with one or the other, I'm like, oh, that's pretty neat. I really like that. But uh, so there you go. That is my affinity and 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 what I've learned and probably what I'm going to vote for if we vote for anything. Uh, but uh, well, that's that's kind of how this works. Plus, yeah. What do you? Uh... Um. Yeah. My. I'm not. Um. Can't say I've ever read a Stephen King book, but I've seen some movies and some TV miniseries and some more movies. And um, immediately I thought uh, Pet Cemetery. Um, Classic. Yep. Yeah, an old uh, Herman Munster. Herman Munster. Fred Gwynn. Gage. Yeah. Um, but that was uh, that movie came out. I was I don't know. It probably came out in like eighty eight, eighty nine, maybe somewhere there. Um. Well, I went to it. I went to. I've said this a million times. <laughs> front row. Was that your front, front row? row movie? The yeah. only movie I ever saw the front yeah. row. Went with a girl, and like the week before prom. So it was 80, 89 for okay. sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, Sometimes back row was better. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, great movie. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. I, I don't even know what that, that means. Was, yeah. That was great. <laughs> He's trying to build great. off of last week's oh. Punky Brewster thing oh. he did, or two weeks Trust ago. Me. Um, oh, uh, but yeah, Pet Cemetery. Um, of course, I remember being glued to the TV. And the TV mini miniseries when it came out, the big two. Oh yeah, you know yeah, that's a good one. Um, and John Boy's big mole we had on his face. And... My goodness, the Langoliers! I remember watching that with Bronson Pinchot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, and there's you know Carrie is a huge classic, you know, iconic movie. Um, there's so many. It's I'm not the expert in any way on this subject. Um, if I could right now, I would, you know, pass my vote on to Justin, but I can't. Um, oh, no, he doesn't get a vote. That's the, that's the beauty of this. <laughs> and I'm sure I'm he sorry. won't comment you could probably on the episode text either. He would answer within 30 seconds. That's I'm probably sure. true. That's probably I know true. his answer anyway. But, um, but yeah, I think I, for me, I think it's it. It okay. So what do you think? Yeah. So I, I'm I was never a big horror fan growing up. But like I said, my older brother Justin, several years older than me, so he was into this stuff before I was ready for it. So I would see these books laying on the floor of his bedroom, and like the covers of them freaked me out. Like he had the cover to the stand had like an angel and a demon fighting with sword like the demon had a big yeah. sickle and the angel yeah. had a sword i was like that looks scary and it you see the fingers reaching out of the storm drain these big green like a knuckles <laughs> so many knuckles i'll tell you so king loves knuckles knuckles <laughs> <laughs> so if i've ever if it was one that ever said anything is that stephen king loves knuckles. i remember fourth or fifth grade walking around into one of my reading class or whatever some dude had the stand he was reading the stand like casually that thing looks like it weighs five to ten pounds paperback I'm your like, whole backpack huge it's a good book so I'll say, justin may deny this story but from what i always heard when he was in the middle of reading it 
Uh, my mother was in the basement ironing. And when you are, you think you know, the iron hits the ironing oh, it's board, definitely it's making it makes, right now, her guys. <laughs> it makes kind of a rhythmic sound. And the story I heard is it sounded like something crawling up the steps, some weird thumping mm. noise coming from the basement. And I heard it freaked him out. But he'll have to confirm that or deny it. <laughs> yeah, on some other podcast, right? Whatever. <laughs> Start uh, his own podcast. Um, I, refuting us. I, I, let me let me jump in one more time here, sure, real yeah. quick. Um, I was, I think it was first year of high school, I was reading Four Past Midnight. I believe there's a story in there called The Sun Doll. All right, and this is a story about this guy who gets a camera and he continues to take pictures and he can't, you know, it's not taking pictures right. But he notices that as he, the more pictures he takes, it's like a Polaroid, it gets more clear and more clear until he realizes it's like this dog getting ready to come out of the... Uh, out of the picture. I mean, of course, you can't believe that. That's not going to happen until it actually happens. <laughs> well, I read that, and I was walking down the street one day at my house, and I'm like out in the country, and all of a sudden, you know, it's going through my head, and a damn dog runs up and just starts barking at me, scared the ever-living crap out of me. So his his writing... Well, our world is part of the Dark Tower universe, so it's all it's all tied together. You're a character in His this writing movie. could get to you. I mean, it could. I don't blame Justin. Um, the Shining's probably my favorite movie adaptation of his, but he's kind of disowned it, and, and you know, it's different from the book. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, 112263, Jesse, I would definitely recommend that for you. The Time Travel Story. I've watched it. I haven't read it. It's, it's an excellent book. But I wouldn't call it kind of his typical story. It's kind of an abnormal kind of Stephen King story. I even gave it to my mom to read, and she's definitely not a horror person because I thought she would like the time yeah. travel aspect. Um, on writing, I kind of forgot that one until you mentioned. I was an English major in college, and every semester we were assigned these books about how to write and how to construct sentences and how to engage an audience, and they're all terrible. I never learned anything from a book about how to write, ever. And then I read that, and it clicked with, like, there's so much good stuff in that book. It's not about formatting and, and technique. It's about the thought process and what it takes to be a writer and the, the, you know, the, the, the mindset of a writer. And it, that book was amazing. That's the best book I probably read in college. Um, the Stand might be his best written book. That, like I said, it's a brick. It's 900 pounds, but... It goes really fast, and it's super engaging, and the writing is excellent. Another miniseries that came out on TV. And a good miniseries. It happened yeah. again. But I, oh, yeah, I right. can't vote against The Dark Tower. It's it's. I've read every book in the series. You're still uh, waiting to play that game, aren't you? Play the game? The Dark Tower Oh, yes. Game. It's hidden yeah. in the closet somewhere. Yeah. That's Justin's another thing probably, I wasn't allowed to play. He's probably got up in Cleveland yeah. now. Board game? Or, yeah, 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 okay, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a game from the '80s. My brother owned that. I was, Jared and I were not allowed to touch. It was not affiliated with Stephen King, but it was called. Oh, the okay, Dark I was like, wait, yeah. all right. Yeah. Um, so this is the one where the movie is a knock against it. Mm-hmm. The movie was not great, but yeah, Dark Tower for me is it. It's fantasy. It's horror. It's exciting. Like Have I said, you they, forgotten the face of your father? <laughs> is that how it goes? Yeah, something like that. I do not. I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. I, I was I, I was gonna power through on the gunslinger credo, but I don't want to let I'm not gonna down. embarrass myself. <laughs> yeah, same here. <laughs> so yeah, to me, it's Dark Tower for sure. Wizard and Glass is my favorite of the book. The oh, flashback yeah, story, flashback. volume four. Okay. Um, 
Let's see. Uh, I'll list some of my faves. I also like eleven twenty two sixty three. In fact, I think I suggested it to Jordan to to uh, read. Um, yeah, the Hulu series. I think mm-hmm. with uh, Cliff's favorite His guy. Favorite. <laughs> uh, um, I lo- I like the the Dark Half. I think was the name of it. That was a a good book. Um, I like Joyland. Was just a paperback he came out with. Uh, yeah, it was eight years ago maybe i think i know they're making a series about it too but it's like there's a summer read if you ever want one um i love the one of the four stories in one of his collections uh, i think the bachman books but or different seasons maybe it was it but the long walk i love that story it's like a reality show basically um all these guys like 15 or 16 years old have to just walk and whoever the last one alive is wins. Somebody's going to make a show about this at some point. Or it's going to be a movie. I mean, it's it was just great. I love it. Um, Pet Cemetery is a classic. I, it's one of his best books. Um, I'm not too keen on the movie. And I didn't see the new one. But it's not like getting a bunch of rave reviews. Um, Misery is a killer book it's the first one i read made me fall in love with stephen king books so i i was i'm it means a lot to me and the movie is great it's uh the probably the best adaptation that there there has been of any of his works and has already appeared on the pooh boss top 100 yes it has just recently yeah it's in the top 50 for sure um i'm your number one fan there is nothing to worry about you're going to be just fine. I'll take good care of you. I'm your number one fan. Where? We're just outside Silver Creek. How long? You've been here two days gonna be okay my name is annie wilkes (laughs) yes that's right i'm also a nurse and let's see i got uh i love eyes of the dragon um it's kind of a fairy tale if you've never it's a total departure from what he does um I've always loved it. It's got a character named Roland. It's got yeah. a character named Flag. I mean, it's very a uh, reflection of some of his other stories. And, you know, so I've always loved it. But, you know, the man in black fled across the desert. And the gunslinger followed. Mm-hmm. Gunslinger followed. I, I love that series. It encompasses so much. I think eventually they'll get it right on screen. Um, we get all those books, right? Don't we? If we yes. answer that. Yes. I loved... Uh, Love the I love all the books, but when I got to the end of the third book, I hope we're getting this right. It was that book, right, Jesse? I'm I'm uh, at the end. Uh, I mean, I love drawing the three, but you get. I think it's Wastelands. At the end, they get on that train and they're going to have a contest. And I swear, the last things they say is "Let's begin," and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> yeah, imagine we're the- just getting started at the end of the third book. <laughs> Imagine that being the first book that you know you had a chance to read in that series. Yeah. And I was, how long did we have to wait too? Uh, between well, it three depends and four. when you read them because I, read, I did not. I, you know, it was a wait for me also. I did 
that's when I read the series was after the third book was out, but the fourth one wasn't. Yeah, we're waiting. So I don't know exactly the breakdown of the years, but I read all. The, I know it had been a long time, but I read those three books, and then I, you know, maybe waited a year or something for Wizard and Glass, which is even better mm-hmm. and is my favorite of the series. I agree, and it, you know, has the flashback and you know how he has to, you know, just. I'm not. I don't want to spoil that. You should, if you've ever thought about reading the series, read it, and then they'll blow your mind. Finish to the whole series, which is controversial. A lot of people didn't yeah. like, but it's. I love the ending, and I love the thought of it, and uh, you know what? It, you know, if have you ever finished the series? I can tell you, I've got to the end of three, halfway through four, and then I got the like the rest of the books from the library and. Read none of them and had to take them back. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, so, someday you'll have some time and sit down and read them. But it's that's that's my vote. Also, I think we get so much by picking that. And um, it took him. You know, he wrote the first one in the seventies when he was a young man. You know. Yeah. With a completely different outlook. He he published these over the course of a lifetime in a career writing books. And incorporated more and more. He, he incorporated. He was hit by a van between. Yeah, that's the yeah, books. Yeah. Nearly didn't get to finish his magnum Man, opus. And were we on pins and needles? Am I going to blow? I mean, what book's that in? He incorporates that into the Dark Tower. Correct. He goes and finds himself <laughs> after the wreck and stuff like it. I'm I barely remember exactly what happened, but it's so meta. <laughs> And it like you gotta read this stuff. Justin. I've got. I know. I've got to finish it. It's been on the chore list for a long, long time. I love long it. Time. I love it. I think. I think we're going to please our All Stephen buddies. King sensei. Yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't know how much of a spoiler this is, but I, I said I was not a huge fan. I wasn't really, but then reading the first one I read where he walks into a town, you know, it's just kind of a gunslinger, you know, dusty yeah. old cowboy. And then he walks into a town and you hear the piano player playing Hey Jude. Yeah. And that's when it clicked in my head like, whoa, this is something different. Yeah. Yep. This is like, where, where are we? When are we? What is this? What dimension is this? And like, and it just goes from there to, to beyond what you could even believe. Yeah. It's great. We're not overhyping it. Check out the Dark Tower. <laughs> Can't possibly be crazy hyperbole. Killed it, Jesse. Um, so, what are we doing now? It's oh, we ran out of time, right? Cliff, Cliff's like we're we're pushing it. <laughs> yeah, we got six minutes left, guys. Uh, Gaming. This games. Challenge your imagination to come alive and to battle with the creatures of Dungeons and Dragons. Fifty-two. You shot my battleship. It's Operation, the Wacky Doctor's game, where you're the Wacky Doctor. Battery's not included. Hi, you blew it. My turn. Shall we play a game? 
Hey guys, I went to Origins in Columbus. It was the second biggest gaming convention in the country, and I bought <laughs> some stuff for my Dragon Age game. Surprise my players, it'll be great. Jordan, what's going on in games? Man. <laughs> Boom, man, we got bullet waiting. points. <laughs> we and did. You came home completely broke. Well, wow, fun's over. Yeah. <laughs> Back to business. <laughs> So this is just the warm-up to Gen Con, the real yeah, yeah, yeah. The Super Bowl of yeah. gaming. I can only do so many cons here. And then hit North End Market. North Market, North, yes. North End Tavern. <laughs> What's that called? <laughs> yes, you're naming a lot of freaking Parkersburg places. <laughs> North Market in Columbus, yes. I had meat. Meat? <laughs> the, you had Nick, the meat? Nick likes to go to the meat place. It's just like brisket and wings and all kinds of stuff. In it's this good. place, do you eat meat? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, we you do. You are the joker. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I thought there'd be a little more to that story. I don't yeah. want to carry the gaming segment. Yep, you're doing it. Oh, my. I picked up a game today. <gasps> Ooh. I swung by Marietta, Ohio's Tabletop Puzzles and Games. They were a, open? A new shop on Putnam Street. Uh, open it from 10 to 6 if you go during post hours. I uh, went there pre 6. <laughs> <laughs> they were open. I went about 10 30 a.m. open, wide open. Um, yeah, they're going to be a sponsor this year for one of the costume contest prizes at the River City Comic Arts Festival, July 28th in Marietta, Ohio. Um, so I swung by and picked up the prize they're donating and had a little look around. And I'm not a huge gamer, but they had a shelves full of. Uh, new games, puzzles, and a bunch of classic games because they buy used ones. And I found a copy of Pit, a Parker Brothers game. It was copyright 1919, so a hundred-year-old game. This game, my family has played this game my entire life. Is anyone familiar with it at all? I vaguely remember playing it a long time ago, but I we didn't play it very often. It's so basically you put a bell in the middle of the table, and it's like. It's the simplest game in the world to learn. Uh, it's like basically like trading. Yeah. You know, there's each hand, however many people are playing, you get that many cards of wheat and corn and flax and barley. So you get a random hand and then somebody dings the bell and you're, the trading floor opens. So you're trying to get a hand of all the one suit. It's like two, I need two. You got two, give me two, two, three, three. I'll trade three. So it's just a really quick game of trading and then you get mad at the people hand you the same two corn back and forth, and you're like, stop it! So, like, it, the pressure just rises and rises, and you end up screaming at each other until somebody slams the bell, everyone throws their cards down and starts yeah. yelling. It's like, so, it's like advanced spoons. Yeah, I was yes. going to say, I yes. hate spoons. I hate it. Gosh, you could ask my daughter, you want to play spoons? No, I do not want to play spoons. <laughs> yeah, people end up on their feet throwing cards at each other, but my grandmother was known... For reaching out a single finger and tapping the bell, like, ding. Like, and she would win and just, like, under the radar. That's but everyone right. else is full arm swing, like, right. you know, diving for the bell. That's good So stuff. this was, yeah, this was a game. It's basically the exact same game, just no bell. It was, like, gentlemanly game of Pit. It was, like, raise your hand and declare you have cornered the market. <laughs> it's like, that wouldn't swing at the low yeah, house. You were taking pictures of yeah. the instructions and posting this. Yeah, awesome. was, they had all the instructions and everything. It was really cool. That's awesome. Sounds like a cool find. But uh, this w week recently was E3 yes. Electronics yeah, Expo. Mm -hmm. yes. uh, we don't cover a whole lot of video games. Does anyone see any big yes. game trailers or anything you're excited about? Uh, there's some stuff. <laughs> 
We're not uh, playing. The, the we're call. not playing Spyfall new anymore. You can answer. Let's <laughs> be a little more specific. I used to be love playing Call of Duty years ago, like Modern Warfare Two. I liked uh, World, you know, World at War. Those early ones, you know, eight or ten years ago. But um, the new one looks pretty good. I'm kind of excited to. I might actually get the next one that comes out. It's a return to Modern Warfare type thing. So I, it's not so much futuristic, more. You know, they're not running on walls and stuff, yeah. as far as I'm aware. So I might try it. At some point in my life, on the way a second, the point of my life where I had kids changed my gaming habits big time. Uh, I can remember when I think it was Caleb was born. I was all about Modern Warfare 2. I played, I played a ton of that. And then I just, my son got old enough to play. And that made me decide that I'd never want to play a video game ever again. <laughs> Uh, but things have changed. He's gotten a little bit older. We got him an Xbox One probably a couple years back and got Xbox Game Pass. Uh, so gaming-wise for me, I've it seems like I kind of gravitate towards the retro stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if it's if it's kind of like an 8-bit or 16-bit style, but, you know, more evolved game mechanics or whatever. So I've been playing a game called, um, it's called For the King, and it's an, I think I'm pretty sure it's an independent developer, but it's a lot of fun. It's a, what they call a roguelike game, which I don't know if that goes over your guys' heads or not. I know what it is. Okay. So it's, Where do you like it's, go it's, it's actually, and keep trying over? It, it's very yeah. much like a tabletop game, too. You can only move so many spaces and blah, blah, blah. But mm. anyway, I've been having a lot of fun with that, uh, especially at the first three times that I've died and had to start the dang game over. <laughs> But you learn more as you play. So, I, and I've been paying attention to the E3 podcasts that have been going mm-hmm. on. So, let's hear it. I like, oh, Borderlands Three. I'm kind. Of, I really oh, like yeah. Borderlands Two. So I've I got my. I got my. Uh, oh, what was he? Help me out. You gave him to me. Claptrap. Claptrap sitting at work. He's mm-hmm. my teenage mutant ninja turtle. So cool. <laughs> so yeah, the only thing that struck out stuck out to me were the retro announcement of the replica arcade cabinets we're getting. For Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Marvel, and Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So this is the company Arcade One Up. They've already done Space Invaders, Galaga, Final Fight, Street Fighter Two, Rampage. So these are—they're not full size. They're like three-quarter scale, so they're not quite four feet tall. So yeah, you can purchase like an extra stand. I think that can go underneath it if you want it to go yeah. up. Yeah. The only yeah. thing is, is that you remember TMNT. You remember the fun you had playing four people, mm. you know, you, oh, yeah. it was a blast. You walk in there, you pop It'd be a tough to get four well, people around game. Game. That's yeah. exactly right. I'm thinking that there might be some space issues, but there's going to be <laughs> there's going to be four players. You can play four players on this thing. Yeah, so. and being a little kid looking up at an arcade cabinet, you remember them probably a lot bigger than they are. <laughs> yes, so sir. if you're Getting not up towering, on the bar stool or whatever uh, you get, uh, yeah, uh, now you're towering over days. them like pushing the buttons but it has all the original decals and all the components so it looks like the original it's just a little bit smaller but yeah probably easier to fit in your living room or your den uh you assemble them yourself basically like ikea furniture you know it comes in Mm -hmm. a a, a flat box and you assemble them and the older ones have ranged in price between 250 to 300 dollars so you know, expensive for one game, but I, I think pretty reasonable for a oh, whole I, If cabinet. I had the money, I'd blow it on it just so I could be, like, washing dishes or something here. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You know, hear that theme song get hit on that game. So the TMNT cabinet features two games, and it's the first one to have all four player controls. So you get all right. four from the original. 
1989 original TMNT game and 1991's Turtles in Time. Mm-hmm. It's estimated that one will be about 350 because you're getting a little bit more, uh, you know, extra controller. Uh, the Marvel Superheroes has three games in it and only two player controls. It's got the Capcom fighting game Marvel Superheroes, which I had never played. Uh, we actually, me and Ronnie did a commentary over Wolverine's playthrough on that. So if you go to YouTube, you can find that. And <laughs> they played it on the very easy level, very easy. <laughs> Thanos had no chance. <laughs> and it has a, the X Men fighting game Children of the Atom. That's an old school, I think, 89, I want to say. I think we actually did a playthrough commentary on that one, too. (laughs) Wow. And The Punisher is the third game. Now, that one I've never seen in the arcade. I can remember the Nintendo game. I did an image search, and it looked kind of like side-scroller. So, yeah, the first two looked like kind of Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, just kind of fighting games. Punisher looked more like... Double Dragon. Yeah, that kind of thing. All right. right. Um, so, So, it... I was shocked it does not include the X-Men game from 1992. You know, the classic right, everyone that's remembers. The first thing I was thinking that's what I assumed it was, but yeah. it's not. So this one, they're saying it'll be about $300. And then uh, they announced the Star Wars. We're going to get uh, three games, that the Atari versions of Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi, featuring the signature X-Wing pilot controller <laughs> yeah. uh, from the yeah. original cabinet. And they're calling this one, quote, under $500. So $4.99. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys have played that game where you're yeah, set piloting down. the X-Wing? I remember sitting down in the cabinet mm-hmm. play, playing yeah. it. Oh, I just love, love that stuff. Yeah. I always wanted one. Well, now <laughs> under $500, it's uh, I yours. I don't want this game. Yeah. Yeah. You got to... Gotta... Number one, you got. What's well, so short? Down. You can like get a beanbag, probably. Yeah, I need to be in my ship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think um, the other Star Wars thing I, I saw, uh, Lego Star Wars, is coming out for like the oh whole, the entire Skywalker song. Yeah, yeah. now Nick, that, Nick yeah. and I were talking about it because when he was younger, I mean, we played the heck out of those. Games. Yes. When they came out, that was something that was fun for me and him. It was easy enough that a child yes. could play it. And you're just going Excellent. do it. Yeah, uh, just great. Collecting those. Well, coins yeah, the, or whatever, yeah. just at the top of the screen, just oh, it's, as Nick, as Cliff would say, a wonderful experience. That's right. So uh, that's what I remember. So, my my son was you know about the same age too at that yeah, time, and we, we we played a lot of that. So uh, yeah, I mean nobody had to be good. It's just yeah. like just a just great fun. great. Just I mean fun. I really loved doing that. I have great memories of that. So we kind of talked about like, are we going to play this game together? Yeah. So yeah. my understanding is the older versions of the individual movies are going to stay the same. Oh, yeah. They're going to be in it. Oh, cool. And then they're just going to add to that. Yeah. So, so yeah. I think that when Nick was telling me that the one for The Force Awakens w- that they came out with was just that movie and everybody mm-hmm. complained. But this was going to have all the movies, apparently, yeah. in yeah. some form. So, probably... probably Pretty cool. Get, probably Pretty get cool. that one. Okay. Next year's going to be the big announcements. I think next year's E3 is going to be big. There's going to be some PS5 and things like yeah, that. Yeah, the so, consoles. They were, yeah. Those people didn't big show big. up this year, really. There there wasn't, like, you know, on the floor wasn't mm-hmm. Microsoft and, and PlayStation stuff. They had, like, a Microsoft sh- uh, event or whatever. But yeah. next year's going to be bigger. Um, right. So, do you guys want to talk about something else? 
I think that about, that about wraps that about up. Does right. it up. Um, we did it. A lot of stuff has come out on streaming lately uh, that we'll get to later. Yeah. TV, we're kind of a holding pattern for the summer. There's Big no, Brother's coming. There's no Riverdale, but there's always something worth watching. We got more movies to watch, more Top 100 on Facebook, more always coming at you from comic book world, the movie world, the pop culture world. Jesse Starcher, thanks once again. Three episodes in a row. You're becoming a regular. Thanks for sticking in with us. Absolutely, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for having me, Capel. I appreciate it. Let, let us know. Plug away, my I friend. I shall plug right here. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Go give the Rattlech in Broadcasting Network Facebook page a like to stay up on top of all the great podcasts that we have to offer. We talk comics. We talk wrestling. We talk music. We talk TV. All sorts of fun stuff. Uh, I'm keeping them short here. Let's get the heck out of here. <laughs> I hear you. I never think to plug... My stuff until we have a guest in here that plugs his yeah. stuff. So, Asylum Comic, 212 3rd Street, Marietta, come by by a comic, River City Comic Arts Festival coming up in July. Very soon. Low words at word dot, low words dot wordpress dot com. Sopro.comics.com. We got a whole bunch of kid friendly comics coming at you soon this summer. Thank you. My name is Jordan Low. I'm Cliff Barnes. I'm Seth. Bye forever. Thank God. Kapow! The Pop Culture Podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udownwithkpp.com. <laughs> you think you act like you know it so well. Kpp.com. I know his NPR voice. Oh, man. <laughs> It is it, it is weird to hear it in one speed because I, I I've never, <laughs> that's hilarious. I have never you probably heard, sound like we're drunk. I, uh, seriously, when <laughs> I started podcasts and I've always had them at two. It was so cool. A couple days ago, Kira was she was uh, what was I doing? I hopped on Spotify for something. I'm looking down at it, and the way Spotify works, if you don't have a family plan, uh, you can't use it if somebody else is using it. So it'll pop up there and say, "Oh, somebody's in the yeah." And, and I, I said, Kira, so I just went past and I saw she was actually listening to a podcast. I said, I, I sent her a message. I said, are you listening to a podcast? Is something like Teenager Emo or something. I have no idea. But it was something like that. Anyway, she goes, yeah, I'm listening to a podcast. And I, and I said, you want to know what makes me the proudest? <laughs> I said, that little 2X down there. <laughs> <laughs> She's listening at two speed. So I go in there today. I said, you listen to that podcast again? Because she was sitting there braiding and it was, you know, there was a podcast going. But it sounded awful slow to me. And I said, she goes, yeah, I had to put it back down to 1X, Dad. You can't be too proud of me. I was like, all right. <laughs> That's fun. That is. 2X speed. Crazy. Oh, we did it. That was a long one. Put it in the drop? Yeah, somebody else. <laughs> you gave him 45 so seconds. I know. Oh, I don't want I can see his eyes moving. <laughs> He's looking for it. One job if he does the opening book, again like he did earlier, it would be great. <laughs> for educational and informational use only, sounds, clips, and music heard are property of respective owners. All other copyright... KPP. Oh, you took a leap you shouldn't have took. <laughs> you can't climb back up there. You thought, I've got this. Uh, Let me go. <laughs>